The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Let some things be retrograde. Guys, this is an exciting conversation. As you know, Steph and I are explorers in the space. And one brand that has caught our eye in recent years that we have become massive fans of is The New Co. And... Jules Miller is joining us. She founded the New Co. And she and I met in 2017 yeah. when the New Co. was merely an idea and a vision and just getting ready to get off the ground. And I remember you giving me little samples of product in like unmarked bottles and it, just to see the explosion of your brand and how it's just, I think, leading the charge in a space in a way that I... I'm not seeing anybody else do. It's just such a thrill to have you here. So you can explain to us all of the the science and all of the different formulations. Because all I know is that I like it and it works and don't know much else at this point. Yeah, just as like, just as an add-on to that, I feel like we get, we get so many, since I didn't know you before, sadly, I, you know, it was just a box of stuff that I got in preparation for the new episode. So I was like, oh, okay, like I'll try this and see. And like, genuinely, it, I'm fucking obsessed with this brand. And like, not now that I also know, like just the scents and the supplements and the care and everything. And then now that I know the whole backdrop that we're going to get into today, it's like, it's so fucking legit. I'm just obsessed with everything that you're doing. So thank you for existing. Oh, guys, what an intro. I don't even know what to say. But, but I mean, I just... That's it. That's, that's the whole it. episode. That's the whole thing. Well, I just want to say this is honestly one of my favorite podcasts. And I think that's why we connected when we did meet back in 2017, Elizabeth, because I just felt like there was such a white space in the wellness industry to be having conversations that truly engaged what I call like real people. So um, mm-hmm. thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yes. Okay. So talk about the new co. I love that um, you guys describe yourself as an interhealth brand. And I read this on the brief that you sent us and it literally like almost made me cry because I just wish that the whole world has this ethos. Interhealth is meaning that they believe in interconnecting all aspects of our health by treating our physical, mental, social, and environmental well-being as one ecosystem. We can positively impact the health of humankind. Yes. What? Where? Where is what? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, really, it started back when we were like really scoping out what the white space in the wellness industry was. What we identified was that most brands were still talking about health in the context of calories and exercise. And I mean, this is like going a little bit off topic, but the UK is very different to the US. This is one of the reasons why I decided to go to the US to launch a wellness brand was because. I was meeting all of these like wellness influencers who like quote unquote were really healthy. Like they were on top of their macros and they were exercising all the time, but really they were developing really awful relationships with food. And I was like, wow, like people just do not, they're not really connecting mental health and physical health. Like for them, it's so sort of separated. And, um, you know, I, I went over to the US, I started doing like heaps of research and the World Health Organization actually defines health as a complete state of physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely Mm. the absence of disease. So this is actually a definition that is already out there. Um, You know, and I think that we've sort of come on leaps and bounds now, I think particularly sort of coming out of COVID, people really are starting to understand that you can't be truly healthy 
unless you're looking after your mental health in the context of your physical health and that often those things are actually sort of dependent on each other but you know looking even further from that um that was sort of where we started and we were like right we'll we'll make supplements and we'll make products that are really looking at the body as one ecosystem but then in actually developing the products we would say well how are we sourcing these ingredients like who is actually harvesting and growing these ingredients how are we then manufacturing the products how are we then transporting our products and we realized that we really cannot deliver against our mission of helping people's health if we are developing products that in the process are actually detrimental to other people's health or to our environment and so that's really sort of this that's a very long-winded uh, way to describe that we do but that's how we feel that we truly make products that actually deliver against the promise of health mm-hmm. right it's not like you're creating something in a vacuum it's that everything that we do has an impact in some capacity right and i think that's what people don't realize that you know our products are expensive and i i try to be really vocal about this because when you don't want to cut corners when you want to source ingredients through like community based initiatives so like you're reinvesting into these communities through either healthcare or nutrition you don't want to use plastic packaging why don't you want to use plastic packaging well you know we're sort of polluting the ocean and then we're finding microplastics in the food that we're eating and then we're finding microplastics in human beings so people are almost like surprised that that's happening yeah and we're like of course it's happening we're all connected mm-hmm. um So yeah, so that's basically our approach and you know when it comes to formulations or even just the suppliers that we work with it's really about this idea of healthy in an ecosystem of all of those things. Obsessed. So good. So so good. Okay, so yeah. can we just like get into just some of our favorite products and you can explain mm-hmm. some of the key ingredients because that to me is what's been really interesting is me seeing kind of like different formulations that I'm not used to but I noticing them working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first first and foremost t- talking about ingestible beauty so skincare from the inside out essentially. This is a category that I've noticed but I haven't really gotten into myself until I started using the skin filter. And I know you guys it's made of a proprietary blend with some ingredients i recognize mainly the melon fruit concentrate which i know about because do you remember those Cindy Crawford um infomercials and they yes. would always talk about the melon <laughs> and i was like yeah so is that the same thing is it the Cindy Crawford uh, stuff no okay well i didn't she wasn't yeah she will wasn't this make us a supermodel <laughs> uh, well to be honest i am obsessed with that product the annoying thing about that product is that if i stop using it for 2 weeks I can see it. The skin filter. So I yeah, if I stop using it, I can see it. But it's because my diet is like really shitty at the moment. But yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> we're not nobody's I, perfect. It's so fine. So, can we talk no. about first like what's what's your research behind ingestible beauty sure. and how should we be exploring this in our own lives? Sure. So, um I can talk to you guys through just like our NPD process as a whole and also sort of the inspiration behind it. So, My grandfather was a chemist. He was a doctor. He was like the type of doctor that would never go to the doctor, you know, because he actually knows how like products are made and stuff. And he really thought about health in a holistic way. 
So um, one of the things that really inspired me to create the NUCO was I was struggling with IBS. I was taking heaps of supplements. My grandfather really sat me down and went through all of the ingredient labels and said, look, you're taking these supplements because it contains like these three active ingredients that could potentially help you with your bloating. But then it also contains these six ingredients that are linked to things like liver damage and, you know, conditions that were way worse than really what I was trying to resolve. So that's really sort of our approach to formulation is we're thinking about the body as a whole ecosystem. We're not going to develop formulas that are going to benefit one thing, but actually affect you negatively in, in other aspects of your health. And then from that, we basically have this matrix of 10 need states. And the 10 need states cover everything from physical health to mental health. And one of them is beauty. And so within beauty, sorry, this is a little bit technical, but we have all of these symptoms that our customers are really sort of telling us that they're concerned with. So whether it's hyperpigmentation, breakouts, dry skin, um, and then we look for the best way to deliver those benefits. So it might be an ingestible or it might be a topical or it might be both. Obviously, with skin, it's both. Uh, personally, I find that actually ingestibles work far faster and harder than topicals. Of course. I mean, that's, that's from my experience. You know, I mean, everybody's skin is completely different. But one of the things that we feel very passionate about in terms of topicals is preserving the skin barrier, which I know we're going to talk about later. But it's really minimizing the amount of products that we're putting on our skin and putting the right things on our skin is something that we feel really delivers the best results and then prioritizing what you're putting inside. Mm -hmm. So that's generally like our philosophy when it comes to skin. So the insight behind Skin Filter was I moved to New York. I had like pretty good skin when I met you, Elizabeth. I was like, it was okay. And then I moved to New York and it just like fell to shit. And I don't know what it was, whether it was like the change in diet or like more pollution. It's I don't know what it was. New York but. City. America. It's I know. It dirtiest... was just like New York was on my face. Yeah, no, <laughs> we love New York City, but like that's my hometown. But like you go in the subway one time and it's literally like a fill. It's like a, it's a layer of grime just goes on yeah. you the second you go underground. I know. I mean, my face is disgusting. Yeah. It's so horrible. <laughs> yeah. So um, I had like breakouts and sensitivity and I went to a dermatologist and I like became obsessed with um, like all of these acids and just like getting treatments done every week as like to resolve all these issues. And then eventually my skin started to just get worse. And like if I even like squeeze a pimple, it would mark and it would stay there for weeks. And that was really a symbol for me of like, wow, my skin really isn't healing in the way that it used to. Um, so then from there, we work with five amazing labs. They are across Europe and the US. Um, and they, they really are sort of the sort of leading world experts. Uh, we did get an investment from Unilever pretty early on. So that really sort of gave us access to some really amazing labs all around the world. Mm. Um, so with regards to skin filter, what I wanted to do is I wanted to create an ingestible that delivered the same results as a high strength retinol. So anything to do with brightness, breakouts, hyperpigmentation, but it wasn't going to deliver all of the sort of negative side effects of retinol. So it wasn't going to make my skin sensitive or um, visibly peel. So what you have in skin filter is basically a vitamin A, which is obviously what retinol is. Um, sorry, I'm going like really sciencey, but so please. We, that's, I, I love it. I yeah. love it. We need to know. But, bas but basically what you have with vitamin A, which is like I said, ret retinol, 
if you ingest it at certain levels, it can be toxic in the body. So that's just a, a watch out. So what we've got is we've got the precursor of vitamin A in that formula. So your body basically just makes as much vitamin A as it can from that precursor. And then we've got all of the other ingredients that you obviously need to really see sort of brightening in the skin. So we've got things like vitamin C, we've got zinc, we've got your favorite, Elizabeth, you've got your melon extract in there. <laughs> um, but really the sort of like hero technology here is that vitamin A, because what that's doing is that it's increasing the cell sort of turnover. So you're sort of shedding that old skin and revealing like beautiful new skin. And it works pretty quickly. It's like three or four weeks. I was going to say, wow. I'm like almost three weeks in and I'm feeling like my skin is looking nice in a different way. And I was kind of in a little bit of a hole for a month or so. That's fantastic. So you think that ingestibles are just as important as, as topical use in your research? More important. Yeah. They're more important. I mean, the, and I, I think it's really important that all of our products are obviously clinically studied and researched. So with skin filter specifically, we carried out the clinical trials for that in France. Um, they were performed across 60-day trials. And you could really see the improvements of people's brightness, but also tightness within a 60-day period, which is amazing. I think that using too many products on your skin disrupts your microbiome disrupts the skin barrier and it leads to way worse conditions so actually if you're prioritizing the inside and then thinking about what you should put in on your skin that's basically what my balance is and it makes perfect sense i feel like with topicals like obviously we're going to talk about this right now because i'm we've said skin barrier 45 times and yeah. i'm like i don't <laughs> even know what that is but just in general with topicals it's like you're kind of chasing something like if you, I mean, I just can say it from like a sugar point of view, right? Like if I'm eating a lot of sugar, I can dab a little dot on my face all day long, but it's like, it's like whack-a-mole. It's never going to really go away because what I'm putting in my body is the thing that's creating that pimple. Yeah. I mean, I think the issue with all of us and skin is that we, we, we don't think about it as an extension of our body. We don't think about skin health. Mm. And often we wake up in the morning, we have a pimple. We're like, oh my God, we have a pimple. Like, what can I put on my face to get rid of it in three days? And often, actually, if you're taking a longer term approach, it's, it's less about like fixing your skin and it's really about strengthening your skin. It's mm. really about nourishing your skin. And when you really take that approach, you'll have better skin health long-term rather than just like plowing your skin with lots of different actives because you've got a breakout. I mean, it's just a breakout. So let's talk about the the elephant in the room, the skin <laughs> barrier. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, she's so hot right is now. It? What is she? Who is she? <laughs> we don't know her. Who is she? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So the skin barrier. This I'll give you a quote from one of the sort of uh, dermatologists that we work with for this product. She said um, that over 90% of the skin issues that she sees are self-inflicted with overloading as the skin as the main culprit. That's 90% of skin issues. So what does that wow. actually mean? I mean, I think that's crazy because, yeah, it just, it just goes to show like how preventable things are. It's like the less that we do, actually, the better results that we can have. But I also feel bad for people because it's like we're being sold so many products I that know. promise the results that you want. So like, it makes sense that people would think that more is more. Totally. But I always say that I mean, like, we, I will like as a brand, we say, like, listen to your body. 
if your skin is not improving and you're using lots and lots of products, right? perhaps there is an opportunity there for you to think, <laughs> right. maybe I should try something different. Equally, right. if it's really working for you, then that's fine. You know, it, everybody's skin is different so, and everybody's body's different. So it's really about like connecting and, and assessing things. Um, but basically what the skin barrier is, is I call it like the skin's immune system. It's like the outer layer on our skin. It's made from lipids, fats, and it's also home to our microbiome. So, well, around 26% of our microbiome lives in our gut, which is like what we're really known for. We make probiotics and prebiotic products. And then 21% lives on our skin. So I think a lot of people don't really understand sort of the mirror between inner and outer, but that's like a really sort of great example. And so what this outer layer does is that it protects you from pollution, it protects you from infection, um, it keeps things like UV light out, and it locks in moisture. So it's literally just like a barrier that's keeping all the crappy stuff out, and it's locking in moisture. And sort of what you have when you overload the skin with lots of active ingredients, and you've got like the double cleanse and the essence and the face oil and the like serum and the moisturizer and the SPF and then all your makeup is that you're actually eroding that sort of natural immune system and that fine balance of um, bacteria. And when you erode it, you allow all of those stresses to penetrate. So things like pollution are like actively penetrating into your skin. Mm. And that is the root cause of hypersensitivity skin, um, breakouts, fine lines, dryness, like pretty much almost every skin condition. And so the way that we approach skin health is like, okay, let's actually look at re-strengthening that skin barrier. Let's think about skin health. Let's think about boosting the skin's natural immune system so that it can just do what it's supposed to do rather than just like plowing it with lots and lots and lots and lots of active ingredients that actually destroys its natural ability to heal. Um, Which I know it doesn't sound very sexy in the context of skin because like all other brands are like glow in three seconds. um, But you'll get the best results long term you really will. Like your skin will be more hydrated, it will be more plump, it won't be reacting during, you know, your cycle because you're just prioritizing its health. Yeah, I really appreciate that because when I suffered at 31, the onset of adult-ish acne, it... What's the ish for? The acne or the adult? (laughs) Adult. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it was full-blown acne, but I was I wouldn't quite say I was fully adult. Got it, got it, got it. Um, but what I learned for me and my skin in healing that was I can't use a million products. I can use, like, I have to be so minimal with my skincare routine, which especially at the time, this was three or four years ago, when, like, the multi-step shelfy system, you know, show it off on Instagram, show everything you're doing, layer it on thing, look so fun and so pampering and fabulous. But it just like, that is not how my skin will respond well at all. And so I've always had, like I've, so since then I've known I have to dial it all the way back, but it's, yeah, it's not sexy. I actually want to get into specifically what actives are. Mm -hmm. Because this is something, another buzzword in the skin mm-hmm. uh, dictionary that I want to get into. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, like like you say, they're all really sort of just like buzzwords and also like natural ingredients versus clinical ingredients and clean ingredients. 
I mean, actives for us really are just high potency ingredients that are there to deliver okay. a benefit. Um, and, you know, the vast majority of our products do contain high potency actives, but they're actually just formulated at a level that helps preserve the skin barrier long term. And I think okay. this is the type of thing that people don't really understand. So like a hyaluronic acid, for example, is a high potency active ingredient. By using it too much and too often in your skincare, it will actually help increase inflammation, destroy your skin barrier. So active ingredients and high potency actives aren't necessarily bad by definition. It's just more about how you're using them and how often you're using them. Wait, time out. Hyaluronic acid can fuck you up? Yeah. Well, how? Tell me more. But it, I mean, like <laughs> maca can fuck you up if you you right. too much. You know. Also, what I, mean? I love that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just more about like it's it's the amount that you're using, how often you're using it. So sometimes, like people are using like a high potency hyaluronic acid serum, and then you've got it in your foundation, and then you've got like a faceness, and you're just using it too often. It's just completely unnecessary. I see. Um, so we're not saying like never use active ingredients, never use high potency actives. It's just more about how often you're using them. Right. So because because one ingredient like hyaluronic acid, I feel like is like such a popular one Everywhere. right now. Right. Yeah. So then all of a sudden you go and you don't realize that it's in five of your products yeah. instead of just in the one. But if you yeah. use it every day, like as the serum and that's it, is that bad for you? Oh, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like, this is another thing that like, w- like I said, one of the things that I really hated about the wellness industry when we started was like the words clean eating, because mm. like I said, I thought it was like quite a negative um, narrative here in the UK. And I know that even the term clean beauty now is getting like a bit of a backlash because people feel like stressed about it. In the conversation of like natural and clean versus clinical, we definitely particularly, well, really for all of our products, but we straddle both mm-hmm. because, you know, I think efficacy is super important. You right. really need to deliver against results. I don't think that the category of clean beauty is ever really going to last unless you are really delivering against those results. Right. So, you know, in the context of barrier culture, we've got this really amazing um, clinically studied technology, which is the pre and pro and postbiotics, which I can tell you guys about. We're also using like sustainably sourced chamomile and, you know, so it's, we're definitely blending the two. So barrier culture is your newest product, which is so cool, which I think it just... It just launched. came out. Yeah. So it's a cleanser and a post cleanser. Tell us, tell us about <laughs> yeah. those ingredients. And Kat just on the streets being like, how are you caring for your skin barrier today? People are like, okay. <laughs> so we, you guys, I mean, we've got our VP of product is obsessed with her skin barrier to the point where like she, because one of the other things that really destroys your skin barrier is stress, of course, because everything gets fucked by stress. And then the second thing is overwashing. So she won't even like wash her, like she washes her face like once a day, very lightly and doesn't wear makeup because she's so concerned of a skin barrier. This is making me feel good because I don't wash my face when I wake up in the morning. Sometimes I like splash a little. Oh, that's good. I'm just like, why would that's I, good. I slept? I didn't like go outside. Yeah. No, that's really good. Like one of the best things that you can do for your skin barrier and your topical microbiome is just to not wash. Hey, filthy things <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, sorry, you were saying. So 
So really, you're you're leading the trend there with, um, with the whole not washing thing. <laughs> but yeah, so so basically with barrier culture, like I said, we're really known for our ingestible probiotics. Those are really like our best sellers. And so we worked with this in- incredible lab that actually just acquired a biotech lab based out in Sweden. We're really sort of the, I would say, like one of the leading research centers for microbiome. And so you guys have I'm sure heard all about sort of probiotic skincare. What we found in our research is sort of like the issues with probiotic skincare in the market right now, very similar, to be honest with you, with probiotics that you ingest, is that we know that we have all of this amazing bacteria that lives in our skin barrier. And we know that we need it. But when we deliver it through skincare, there's no real proof that that bacteria really survives and is recognized by the skin and is it really doing what it's supposed to? I mean, there's some research out there, but I would say it's more like, it's like gray. Um, I wondered this of, for a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are, there's like, there are some brands that do do it well. So like Mother Dirt, for example, is a great brand, but you have to refrigerate the products and like, be very mindful of like how you're keeping like the bacteria live and stable yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a consumer experience perspective is like a little bit fiddly basically it's like like you're baking sourdough bread all the time yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um so yeah so we basically worked with our lab we've developed this technology it's first to market patented technology and the difference between the way that we're doing it and other brands is that other brands are using a bacteria called a lysate and so what that means is that it goes through a process to stabilize the bacteria so it's not like effectively um, degrading really. Um, but in that process, the cell wall of the bacteria is split. And that's really sort of what, like I said, the gray area of science is that actually when this bacteria doesn't exactly replicate the bacteria you've got in your skin, is it going to be recognized in the same way? Mm. And so that's really what's different about our bacteria. It's that it's been essentially stabilized and treated in a way whereby the bacteria is preserved in exactly the same way so that it's not split. The cell wall is intact. Sorry, this is so sciencey and technical. But basically what that means is that your skin recognizes it as live bacteria and mimics the exact same probiotic pathways in the skin. Um, and the like clinical studies and research around this is like off the charts. They actually, and we can obviously, I think we've shared the images with you guys, but what you can actually see is the amount of pollution that has been penetrated into the skin using a placebo. Mm. And then the amount of pollution that's been penetrated into the skin after you've used this technology for about three days. And there's about a 45% reduction. So that really just goes, it's literally like you're rebuilding a protective layer on your skin to keep all the crap out. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> I really like the sciencey part of it. I know, me too. So how long, you've mentioned a lot of studies. So what's the research and development process like for you as a brand before something hits market? Like how long is that phase? Um, It's close to two years. Um, It's getting slightly longer now because COVID timelines are sort of hitting. But yeah, it's around a two-year mark. That's really impressive. So the new product, the cleanser or the barrier culture with the yes. cleanser and the moisturizer, moisturizer duo. How do you see that working into people's routines. already existing routines? Yeah. So this is all of the clinicals and all of the research are done obviously based on people just using the cleanser and the moisturizer and then including the pill 
uh, once a day. That being said, I know people are like super loyal. No, no, the pill is the beauty symbols, and I'm not getting everybody to break up with like their favorite serums. So, um, you know, if they wanted to incorporate just like the cleanser and the moisturizer and then seeing how their skin feels, that would be a really great way to just, again, like boost your skin's immune system so that actually it's in a better position to maybe receive some of these high potency actives. Um, Again, you know, I do encourage people to think about maybe minimizing their routine, maybe for like a month and seeing actually, am I going to get better results? But you can you can mix and match these products. Um, it's not going to react or anything. It's safe. Elizabeth, wasn't that a really big part of your skin's healing was going product on a product cleanse? Yeah. So doing actually that was that was not for healing my acne. That was when I had um, dermatitis all over my oh face, my which was a whole other phase. Right. So it's really I've really been in it with the skin journey, but. Because of that, it's really woken up my interest in really understanding the science behind things and kind of just like going down the rabbit hole, which is why conversations like this are like kind of full geek out moments for me. (laughs) But uh, I just, you know, it's skin troubles is such, yes, it's a surface level thing, but it can be so debilitating and so challenging Mm -hmm. and you can really feel backed into a corner and not know where to start. And I know that feeling all too well. So I think when we are armed with knowledge, it can Mm -hmm. really help us, you know, take control of the situation and dig ourselves out. Yeah. And that's why I am so impressed with the studies and the R&D you guys do, because it's not just someone said this works, so I'm going to try it. It's like, right. actually, here's the data that goes with yeah. it. And I, I've i learned over the years that that is just important. But yes, Steph, to your point, I think it goes back to the the minimalist experience. And, and for me, I like to, I have about like maybe 10 products in my arsenal that I, that I know to mix and match. What I kind of coin it as is like an intuitive skincare of like what it is yeah. that I need in that moment and kind of alternate. But I have to say, like, like I said, with the pill, the topical, not the ingestible, um, I was looking for something that I could use in the morning, especially Mm -hmm. because I'm rarely wearing makeup during the day. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice to be doing some sort of skincare underneath my SPF. And I really, really like what's happening. And I've always been intrigued with caffeine for its tightening effects. And I've noticed it with this. This is the first caffeine product I've ever tried. So well done. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, obviously going back to what we were talking about in terms of our mission and making sure that, you know, we're thinking about what products we're putting out there and what their impact is going to be. So like the idea with the pill was all about, again, minimizing steps, minimizing routine, preserving your skin barrier. We know that people, you know, want to use AHAs like we we like we don't want to take that away from people if we can still deliver against our mission. Is that sorry? I'm I'm you're we're breezing through the terms uh-huh. like we know what they are. I'm not. <laughs> I'm <a> hip. <laughs> no, no. I'll. I'm sorry. Let me. Uh, I'll um, de-science it a bit. Yeah. But basically, we're talking about exfoliation. Okay. And when you are exfoliating your skin, you can either use physical exfoliants, so you can actually, you know, like the scrubs. Yeah. And we're learning that actually they're not so good for the skin because a lot of the time you're like ripping out the oils. Skin um, barrier. Skin barrier. 
So, um, <laughs> so what you do have is you have like acid exfoliants. So um, that's what we're talking about. So with the pill, you have three benefits. You're exfoliating, you're tightening with the um, caffeine, and then you're also hydrating. And you're layering all of those acids and like high-potency actives in a way that will still deliver the results, that you'll still get like the glowing skin when you put it on, but it's not going to increase inflammation, you know, further down the line. So I've been cleansing in the morning, then letting my skin dry, then using the pill and then letting that sit in for like a couple minutes and then throwing on the SPF. And then if I'm doing makeup, then go for there. Am I doing it right? Perfect. Perfect. Okay, That's cool. such a simple, minimal barrier saving routine. Wonderful. That makes me so happy. So um, now I'm curious. Mm -hmm. You have so many amazing products. We just have focused on the skin mm -hmm. of it all, but there is just an entire roster of of cool stuff that you guys have what are your favorites at the moment like what's speaking to your soul um so the fragrances are something thank god are... you brought up the fragrances <laughs> i'm i'm obsessed obsessed I'm so glad. i have to tell you that when i was like we're going to be launching fragrances our investors were like you're nuts because people buy products from you to go to the loo and you are now going to launch a fine fragrance and it's it's been they've been such a big success people love them there it's honestly i don't know who i was before i smelled like this it's thank upsetting you. to me <laughs> that i can't exist thank without you your why is it well it's been, well the concept of functional fragrance didn't really exist before so the insight initially was around aromatherapy so we were like, okay, there are scents out there that people are using for a health benefit. Is there any science behind it? And is there any way where we can sort of slightly change the format so it doesn't feel, I don't know, so just, it, it feels a little bit more contemporary because not everybody wants to be like, you know, burning essential oils in their house. Right. And so we worked with uh, Jebaldan and Thermanish. I'm it's like, I think it's been like one of the most ex incredible experiences out of this whole journey is working with these labs that are like billion dollar labs. And they're working with like a small startup like Nuco. It's been incredible. But they are, so like Jabaldan and Fermanish, they've developed like every big fragrance that you can think of from like Le Labo to Comfort Fragrances, Comme des Garçons, like every big fragrance you can think of, that's what they do. Wow. Um, and so we approached them and we said, look, we want to bring fragrance and wellness together. Is there any real science here? And so they had just commissioned a study with the University of Geneva that spanned five years. If you guys know anything about clinical trials, they're usually like 30 people in six weeks. So this mm. was like a huge study. And um, it was done, I think it was done across like 20 countries. So it was, it was just a massive, yeah, a, a massive pool of people. And sort of what they did is they took MRI scans of people's brains to identify which part of the brain was stimulated based on different emotions. So in the context of like our fragrances, they're all about stress. So it was which part of the brain was stimulated when people felt really calm and relaxed. And then they connected that to different scent groups. And so basically what the studies showed was that I could be sitting next to you, Elizabeth, and you could smell a fragrance and say like, I hate it. And I would smell and say, oh, I really like it, but our brains would be doing the same thing. And that oh. really just proved that fragrance can actually have a physical effect on our bodies and on our well-being. 
And then from that, basically, we pull different scent notes based on different need states. So like I say, like a functional fragrance or about stress. Um, and yeah, and, and that's how it works. But for functional fragrance, we worked with the nose behind Santel 33. So you'll like, it has like a bit of a reminiscence of that style. Definitely yeah. reminds yeah. me of that. But um, yeah, it's like fresher. Yeah, it's got like a green cardamom, um, which is sourced mm -hmm. again, like there's a really amazing sustainability story with that ingredient. But it's like, it like just cuts through the smokiness. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's a really like amazing way to improve your health. And then last November, we launched a fragrance, which I'll have to send to you guys. Obviously, you haven't started. It's called Forest Lungs. Forest Lungs, we had this amazing campaign. We managed to get out to Jamaica to shoot it. And wow. we launched it and it sold out before we'd managed to like roll out the campaign. So it, we sold three months worth of stock in two or like a week. And we were like, right, what do we do now? <laughs> But like people just really resonated with the story, which I can, uh, I'll quickly tell you guys about. But um, please. So the, the sort of insight was, it came from one of the trends that we spotlighted a few years ago, which was this idea of medicalizing time in nature. Again, we, we, were, we really were like, mm. we know that people like feel better when they're closer to green spaces, but like, what's the actual science? What, why, why do people feel this way? And what we found in our research was that there were actually practicing doctors that were sort of prescribing time in nature. Actually, throughout COVID, the UK government, I think they, they funded, a, I think it was about five million pounds into what they're calling green prescriptions. And it's exactly that. So when people are struggling with anxiety or, you know, stress, um, they'd go to the doctor and they would prescribe them time in nature. And we thought that... You were just talking about this. Well, I mean, I think that the fact that the medical community is really embracing this idea and that we're thinking about going back to basics in a way of like preventative care, rather than just thinking now about health as like a sort of um, symptom and disease control. Mm -hmm. So we were like, okay, well, what is it? And so through a couple of studies, we basically found this compound called phytoncides. So phytoncides is an organic compound that's emitted by trees. It's really designed to help the basically preserved trees from bacteria or sort of like fungus overgrowth. And when you inhale this compound, it basically helps relax your central nervous system. And that's why we feel better in nature. Mm. And um, that compound is basically replicated in forest lungs. So it's almost like nature in a bottle. It smells very like it's like woods. It's very in line with a functional fragrance. It's still like woodsy, but it's that it's got that freshness in it. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool to hear because I've been attributing my like health during this time to the fact that I moved to nature. And I'm just like, I don't have medical evidence to support what I'm saying that other than just breathing in air is good for you. But to hear that it's like the trees that I think that I'm talking to are talking back is really amazing. The amount, the amount of actual scientific research that there is around these things is amazing. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I think we, I think we don't hijack it, but you know, like there are, there are cultures like Japan have been forest bathing for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. They use forest bathing, you know, as part of complementary medicine for those who are, you know, going through chemotherapy to help boost their immune system. So, you know, I think that when we're thinking about innovation, it's always good to sort of look back and then just try to find sort of those like validation points through totally. research. 
totally. Oh, clinical studies. Okay. Honestly, I think one of, and I'll speak for Steph too, one of the most exciting things about having done this show for the past six years is really getting to get an inside look into brands who have really led the charge and continue to lead the charge in how we take care of ourselves. And it's always so exciting to be able to identify a brand that we both really love and then like really go deep on it and really explore why we love it. And it makes so much sense in learning the background and the the back end that goes into bringing something to market. And not we didn't even get into just how you guys are making such an incredible social impact, which I know is also a huge aspect of what you do. Um, as you said at the top about, you know, wellness being all encompassing and really needing to take a mindful approach in every area. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's something that we've always done from the very beginning. I mean, as an example, the sort of like biggest marketing campaign that we ever did, or like the first real sort of campaign that we actually invested real marketing dollars in was our How You Really campaign back in 2018. And it was really a, well, it was a campaign that was designed to raise funds for the Judd Foundation, which is a mental health charity, which we've sort of supported and feel very passionate about. And, you know, again, it was one of those things sort of internally, we were like, wait a second, we haven't done like a big product campaign. Should we really be investing in a, <laughs> you know, in a mission led marketing campaign? And for us, it's, it's hugely important. And like I said, you know, we cannot deliver against our mission of truly being mindful of people's health without really thinking about what we can be doing for our community. Amen to that. And we're really excited because we partnered with you guys to bring our listeners 30% off of your website with the special code of TSR30 special for this episode, which I shall be using that for sure. Jules, how incredible to connect, uh, albeit digitally, all these years down the line and seeing how incredible uh, of a of a, a brand you've created. That's so kind. When it was just an idea and just getting off the ground, it's like the best thing to track and see. So thank you so much. Truly, this conversation and just knowing that you're out there doing it like this really brings like hope to my heart because there's a lot of things to look at in the world that are frustrating that aren't conscious and, right. you know, big brands and Amazon, (laughs) (laughs) things like that, that just are very stressful. And so it really just is a light to to know that there's people like you out there doing like the real work and the good work. Oh, guys, I don't know what to say to that, but thank you. (laughs) So sweet. I mean, I've loved it. So thank you so much for having me.